Sasswan is a show about Bigfoot. It's recorded for the skeptics, the believers, the knowers, the hopers, and those who just have a casual interest in the subject. For more information, visit our Facebook page. This is Sasswat, a show about Bigfoot. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Matsky, and I'm joined by none other than Andy Matsky. What? I'm on this show now? <laughs> what happened to Seth? What happened to Seth? That is an episode in itself. <laughs> Actually, we could do the ongoing adventures of Seth. That could be, fun. be fun. Yeah. Me and talk Having about a baby. That. It could be like a two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. Welcome back. We're back. We know it's been a while. And uh, thank you for your patience as we did what we did while we were gone, which is a lot of different things. It's crazy how much we've done. Did we add up days in September and figure out that we were gone I was more than? I was gone more than I was home in September. It's, it was. It got to the point where I was like, I'm packing again. I just un- got done unpacking, and like I'm in that mellowing out mood before like I'm settling home and I'm packing again. It actually got annoying traveling so much, but well, not like go at the places, but like being in the car for so long got on my nerves. And living out of a suitcase and getting used to Time hotels zones. and things. Time but... zones. It also is really fun. It's just the packing was my least favorite because yeah. I don't like to pack normally, and having to pack like every weekend was really <laughs> yeah. annoying. We all, I think, everybody had a realization moment that I have to pack again. Again, but it was for all good and laudable causes that we were gone. <laughs> it was only. I don't want to make it sound like we were going only, off to some only... terrible business conference or something. No, I mean, it was all great stuff. I mean, like, the main focus of our show tonight was one of those things. And that was only, like, that was, that was now just over a month ago. And that's crazy. Pop culture things have happened in the past day, which are really amazing. Nothing has to do with Bigfoot whatsoever, but we're going to talk about them. The Star Wars Last Jedi trailer dropped, which is about the biggest thing that's been on my mind lately which is amazing what are your thoughts on that we're gonna give you a little like what it's like to listen to monsterland ohio radio moment right now right well i think initially i am very excited i told you tonight before we started recording i have yet to watch the trailer and not get goosebumps so they're doing something right and uh i think we'll probably probably will go into this in more detail on an actual mo radio yeah Porgs, the porg, and there's there's lines in that in that preview that really make you question where is it heading, which is really fun going into a movie not knowing at all what you're gonna get, and that's definitely true with the last few Star Wars movies. So I can't wait. And then there was Pacific Rim. And there was Pacific Rim Uprising, which looked. So good that I almost cried. Probably, I will not probably. I did almost cry. Amazing to see. I I've had fears about this movie since I heard they were making a sequel to the original Pacific Rim, 
And now I'm just really excited for Pacific Rim Uprising. Because John Boyega's in it. Who wouldn't be excited? He only is in giant movies, evidently. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he only does. I'll just do epics from now on. Thank you very much. He's producing that also, do you know? Yeah. Yeah, he he knows. (laughs) What am I even trying to tell him? My job is to know things. Um, So shall we go on to Bigfoot? Uh, If you want. want. (laughs) This this show about Bigfoot, as it were. Um, I didn't tell you this before we went on, but I do have a news desk item, and it may be the wackiest Bigfoot story of the year. Is that what Coast to Coast says? No. (laughs) Uh, This was posted (laughs) Sunday, October 8th. Oh, hikers. Colorado hikers startled by, quote, unquote, Bigfoot. (laughs) Hikers exploring a mountain trail in Colorado came upon a monstrous surprise in the form of an enormous Bigfoot cutout, quote, unquote, lurking in the woods. The nine-foot-tall depiction of the legendary cryptid was placed by a clever prankster along the Mineral Belt Trail in the city of Leadville. Fortunately, despite giving those who initially encountered it a bit of a scare, most residents are fans of the faux Bigfoot, which is apparently one of many that are hidden in the wilderness around the area. The person behind the odd project has opted to remain anonymous, but told TV station WCNC that they created the quote-unquote creatures with the intention of amusing those who find them so far that's been the case but public sentiment may change if the city suddenly sees an influx of bigfoot hunters who aren't in on the joke i can just like talking told the local tv station i can just see the local tv station like having this like and he's on the line, and it's like this really deep voice, changed voice, like, I hid them as a clever prank. I don't know. It's what, like, popped in my head. <laughs> it was, like, a Bigfoot with a question mark, like, his, like, profile picture. I don't know. I want to amuse people. <laughs> I mean, we have... Are you amused? We have a local... What would you call it? Like, not carpenter. I guess it would be a carpenter. But we have, like, a local store around us that does this, that makes those. So... Have you been by there lately? No. Do you know what they have now? A little one? A dog man. They have a dog? No way. They do. We're, we're going out there tonight. <laughs> so addition to, in addition to the, like, the Bigfoot family, which they have now, mm-hmm. there's a dog man now as well. Or the uninitiated might just look at it and say, oh, a werewolf. That's a werewolf. <laughs> Dumb uninitiated people. <laughs> just be initiated, will well, you? Come on, initiate yourself. <laughs> so, okay yeah, I, I thought that... Um, I don't know. That seemed like somehow a fitting <laughs> news desk guy to come just, back to. I think it's funny because it's the fact the person. I mean, I understand why you'd want to re- remain anonymous, but the fact it's like, oh, he's anonymous is kind of funny to me. I wonder if he put the red reflectors in the eye socket. Or maybe like LED lights. <laughs> oh, getting serious there. I think you're anonymous. Maybe it's Joe Nickel. Did you do it? Maybe it's Joe Nickel. He made made them different sizes. (laughs) Always placing. Well, she's really three foot tall right here. I love Joe Nickel. He's the best. Shout out to Joe. Joe Nickel. All right. So, um, it's a very exciting month because Small Town Monsters is releasing to the general public Invasion on Chestnut Ridge. 
Yes, sir. I'm just looking through your notes. Do you want to do the... No. You can? No. I'm, I'm too afraid. Okay. So Invasion on Chestnut Ridge comes out this month. That's the movie that we worked on this past April, was it? Mm, no. When was it? June? It was, it was June. June? April was yeah. boggy. Yeah. June. Not this April. Last <laughs> April was boggy. It all melds together after a while. But it's coming out um, super exciting, and we just want to give you a couple dates. If you wanted to go see it with a group of people, which in my opinion is the way to see a movie, um, October 21st will give you the real first look at it. And um, it's happening on both sides of the country, believe it or not. October 21st, Invasion on Chestnut Ridge will be screening at the Space Visitors Film Festival at the Balboa Theater in San Francisco, California at uh, 1.45 p.m. And then also, Mothman and Point Pleasant will be showing at 5 p.m. Again, that's Saturday the 21st at the Balboa Theater in San Francisco. They do have a Facebook page if you are interested in learning more. The same day, at Salt Fork State Park near scenic Cambridge, Ohio, it's Creature Weekend. And as part of Creature Weekend... At 7.30 p.m. on Saturday the 21st, Invasion on Chestnut Ridge will have its Ohio premiere. You can learn more about Creature Weekend at their Facebook page and also CreatureWeekend.com. Meanwhile, on the other side of the country, in Cambridge, Ohio. Okay. (laughs) And lovely Cambridge. So then, after that, on Saturday, October 28th at 6.30 p.m., at the Canton Palace Theater in beautiful Canton, Ohio, is a double feature, just in time for Halloween, The Mothman of Point Pleasant and Invasion on Chestnut Ridge on the Canton Palace Theater big screen. And I assume that will be preceded by the organ music stylings of the guy who plays the organ. (laughs) Of that guy! (laughs) And uh, you and I will be on hand for that and participating in the Q&A that will follow Invasion. So that's super duper schmooper exciting. Your thoughts on uh, the Canton screen? The Canton, that's going to be great. <laughs> I'm, I'm selling it for everyone who's having oh, doubts yeah. about going. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. No, I'm looking forward to it so much that I can't like really put it into words that it's going to be so much fun to see Mothman on the big screen, which I don't... Have we seen Mothman on a big screen? No. To see Mothman on a big screen, which we had never seen before. Well, we've seen Mothman not on a big screen. And to see Invasion for the second time, for me, the whole way through the final cut will be amazing. I'll probably tear up at the end. It's a pretty big deal. To see this film on a big silver screen with a group of people, it's just going to be a, a very remarkable and memorable evening, I think. And in part because of the hand that we had in the production of this film, uh, more than ever, which is um, 
I don't know. I guess I'm like you in the sense that when I start thinking about what to say about it, it's really hard to formulate coherent thoughts because it's so many portions of our lives sort of colliding into one big kaboom. So come on out October 28th, 6.30 p.m. in Canton. It's really a great, fantastic place to see a movie and two small town monsters movies back to back. You will enjoy yourself. And away it goes. <laughs> Down the heating vent. Really? I don't know. All right, so... I'm not worried it's down the heating vent. That's what's coming up. And uh, what we'd like to do is, uh, for the rest of the time that we'll be talking tonight, is take you back with us to Portland, Maine. Over Labor Day weekend, we participated in the International Cryptozoology Conference and... I think to say that we had a blast would probably be both accurate and an understatement of the type of experience we had. What were your initial um, thoughts on the ICC 2017? It was amazing. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't put into words how like nerve-wracking fun this was. This whole day. Like it kept building on like, you know, we had these, we had these expectations, and they're like immediately met, and then the the bar kept being raised, and, I mean, just being at the museum was amazing. It's one of the, if you enjoy cryptozoology and you live anywhere close to Portland, Maine, you have to go. It's really. It's such a great place, and it's really, it's so, it's really cool to see things you've heard about and things you've only heard about and seen in books, like, right there, and things that seem like, that you've never heard about. So, there's a lot of hearing going on with how you've you've heard about what's in the museum <laughs> it's all by word of mouth what's in the museum right. nothing else um it happens to me a lot at the mall people yeah. say hey you remember that you know i, I heard there's this one thing in the international cryptozoology museum but no way you know and the word just spreads yeah nails from the ape canyon cabin yeah. did you hear about that yeah no, no. yeah well let's go see let's go <laughs> i wish i could just like go in a car and go to me so what were some of the most remarkable pieces of the collection at the museum that you saw. Because we should let you know that the way that this worked out is that we got to spend Saturday at the museum, (laughs) and then Sunday was the actual conference. So we were able to take our time on Saturday and go through the museum at our own pace. Remarkable pieces at the museum. One of my favorite pieces that I saw was a Ronnie Breedlove pen, a Ronnie Breedlove Beast of Whitehall pen. I was so happy when I saw that. It's like, oh, look, I know, I know who made that. I know the story behind that. It made me so happy. And also in that same display was um, a golf, a, a towel from the golf course where the Bigfoot was seen in Whitehall. And it had a Bigfoot on it. And I was like, wow. How? And I immediately wanted one so bad. And then, what else did I see? Oh, Life-Size Dover Demon was pretty cool. I kind of went, 
wish I was kind of sad. He was like, there's like that where you walk, you're like on a level and they're, they're on another level. I wish I could have given him a hug. It's okay. (laughs) Find your home, little buddy. And it's just, it's hard to narrow it down. Um, there's so many, like, this was taken from a place where this happened stuff that's like, I can't, I can't put into words what that feeling is. Like, though, like, you see something you didn't even know existed that's proof of something existing. Wow. It's like crazy, <laughs> man. It's so unbelievable. That's, yeah. Unbelievable. And then also the um you know the name. Yeah, you have you have to take your obligatory picture with the Crookston Bigfoot Crookston. in the background. Which we did from many different angles. Here's one of mom. And vantage points, yep. Yep, she was a uh, very gracious participant in uh, many of the proceedings here. A couple things I was struck by were um, the letter from Jimmy Stewart to Lauren Coleman. And he sent this in the late 80s, so Jimmy Stewart was, you know, older. And said that he no longer recalled... What happened, you know, exactly to the Yeti hand that he brought over, which either, you know, he was being just sort of roundabout or he really didn't remember. It really could be both, but it's just uh, the... Uh, Lauren, I don't remember I what happened. <laughs> I, I, brought, I brought it over in, in my <laughs> luggage and it got misplaced. I don't know. I just... But it's just so extraordinary to see that letter... <laughs> From Jimmy Stewart to Lauren Coleman, uh, just super cool. And I like to see some of the half-human stuff that he's collected. Some pretty sweet X pluses, and a movie poster from Half Human, a Japanese film that sparked a little Lauren's entrance Lauren. <laughs> interest in the subject long ago, and made him ask teachers questions at school. I miss Big J's Chicken Shack also. Oh yeah, good chicken. I was just eating Chick Fil A. Last night and thinking, you know what? This is not the same as Big J's Chicken Shack. <laughs> Complete with the 45-minute wait, but it wasn't... You can try Chick-fil-A, but... You're not. You're just not capturing the ambiance. You don't have that, like, weird grilled flavor that Big J's does. Another cool thing was the Lauren Coleman Corner. I think almost all of his books that have been published, he had the cover art up there and different shows that he's appeared in and you know i think a person who doesn't really appreciate cryptozoology or understand the unexplained they could walk in there and walk out in 10 minutes and say that was just a bunch of knickknacks and stuff what a bunch of junk but if you know what you're looking at it's just absolutely packed full of these significant items and you go to a case, you sort of look at it, and your mind is blown. And then you go back a little bit later and take a closer look, and there's even more stuff in there, like Flatwoods Monster stuff. And one of the rocks from the fence that the Dover Demon was stepping your on. Your mind is so blown, it's just gone by the end of the day. <laughs> it is. And uh, a, a great uh, gift shop with all kinds of cool cryptozoology museum items for sale, which we availed ourselves of. 
and all the Wessy stuff. Mm-hmm. Wessy, the the serpent, which I love. Big snakes. I I got a big snake book there. It's so all I got was like big snake stuff, and I didn't even realize that till we were checking out. I was like, oh, I got a Where's Wessy shirt and a book on big snakes, <laughs> and some little o copies, and that's it. I, it's your Peninsula Python roots, I yes. think, were coming through. So that was awesome. We hooked up with uh, Seth and Adrian and Tommy Tom? for some uh, some very authentic, fresh seafood. That was awesome. Is it eight or eighty? <laughs> yeah, at the yeah, that was great. So um, <laughs> we're just about to go on a whole rant about the food, right? That that could be twenty minutes on crab roll all by itself, but. Um, <sighs> So anything else about Saturday, or or Friday for that matter, which was just uh, starting at 3 a.m., sort of crazy drive. It ended with poutine. It was a great oh, day. Oh, yes. At the, at, the, at the restaurant, what was it called? Um, it was like Buck's Naked Barbecue or something <laughs> weird. I believe which so. Which made it sound like we were going to a weird place. We're like, hey, we're really <laughs> hungry. Haven't had any food. It says barbecue. It looks great. So we go in. And then we walked in and the lights are flashing. Yes. Here's the thing. Here's the fun <laughs> story. That part of uh, Freeport, which is where we were staying, power. the power was weird. The power was out at our hotel, yet the barbecue place had power, yet the lights were flickering. And you know me, being me, I was like, this is a weird setting. Why do why do you have your lights <laughs> lights flickering? It was really weirding me out. And then like right before we get our food, they like they go silent. I'm like, huh? And then it like dawns on me, the lights weren't supposed to be flickering the whole time. <laughs> but they had poutine. It's okay. I thought they were. I thought that was like their their thing. Stick. You yeah. Know? You know, calling yourself like whatever it was. You're I, in Maine. Lights are flickering now. Yeah. I gotta look up the name <laughs> of that place. I think you're that's on the right track. So that was a that was quite a trip to say the least. And with it being Labor Day weekend, it was crazy when you got into like uh just west of Boston. From that point on it was just wall to wall traffic. A bunch of dumb drive sorry people who we have from that area listening to our show. <laughs> but a bunch of like just random slowdowns. Mm-hmm. For no good reason. Right. It's just like someone was like, you know what? I hate people today. I'm going to slow down to like 30 <laughs> miles an hour and then speed up again. And that, it's like, wow. Puzz- that was the puzzling thing for Midwesterners like us. Because usually when there's a slowdown, you expect to at least see a car on the side of the road like people were looking at. But there's nothing. like an accident. It's, no, something bad. I think it was just volume. It must have just been volume. Yeah. But... um so that, that was wild. It was, it was such a great, oh yeah, that was such a great moment coming into Maine across that bridge. Super cool. I also went in and out of consciousness a lot during that day, falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. That's the most you've ever slept, I think, In on ever. a road trip. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I was a baby, I never no, that much. No, Just out. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, this is nice, just got done at a gas station at one o'clock in the afternoon to get in the car. Boom, out. Out. <laughs> out for another two hours, which was really nice. So, Moxie. So, yes, please. I need to give an honorable mention Enli- to Moxie. Enlighten us. Moxie is a pop, soda, Coke, soft, whatever you soft call it. Drink. Soft, soft drink. <laughs> <laughs> whatever in your part of the country you call the 
the the drink. <laughs> Carbonated beverages. Carbonated beverages that aren't seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> and hi, um and so Moxie is this pop that we were told by a Saswet listener to drink. And so we're like, sure. <laughs> Why not? It's pop. Our I listeners love us. <laughs> we drink it. Seth was with us. We drink it. This stuff, to Midwesterners, tastes like dirt. <laughs> no, it tastes like you mix Dr. Pepper and a bitter root beer mm-hmm. and drank it. And if that sounds good to you, drive to Maine and get Moxie. <laughs> but it was really weird. And it was kind of, it's bitter. But the thing is, the thing is, I was like, oh, this is the worst stuff ever. But then afterwards, like 45 minutes afterwards, I was like, you know what sounds really good right now? A moxie. And luckily we had part of one left. And you know what? I'm going to have a moxie tonight. Just, just cause, cause we, we got a 12 pack and. Yes, we'll, we did. We'll live on. It's, it's, I like it-ish. It's okay. I've tasted worse, which is actually really bad when you think about it. It's the proverbial acquired taste. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say, I, you know, I uh, admire your willingness to acquire that taste, which takes multiple um, doses, if you will. It's, it was hilarious, because then the next day... When the main day of ICC, which I'll, I promise we'll get to right after this, Seth and Moxie. I were <laughs> Seth and I were asking every native Maine person we knew, and practically like every person we talked to, w- what their opinion on Moxie was. It's like, so you really like this stuff, huh? And they'd be like, <laughs> Yeah, it's great. And a hot summer day, after you're working working out in the hot yard. It's can have like three of them at once. I was like, how? How could you have one? Yeah. And then I start to crave moxie like I do now. Right. Uh, and then I'll regret it the second I take my sip. <laughs> I'll do a spit take. What was I thinking? So yes, moxie. Um, let's go on to Sunday, shall we? Mm, moxie. <laughs> ICC, sponsored by Moxie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where do you want to start? Well, let's just start at... Uh, well, we should also say real quick that we um, saw Lauren Coleman Saturday night at the hotel <laughs> yeah. and just sort of talked to him for a little while, which was a lot of fun. And, you know, I wanted to get a sense of what he was looking for in terms of the MC duties. And we had emailed about that, but I just wanted to double check with him and uh, just catch up with him a little bit. And he did. He was real generous with his time. I also, on Saturday, got to meet my fellow panel members for the first time. And we'll get to the panel in a little bit. Yeah, so the whole thing started really with a bang. Because right out of the gate, uh, Lauren kind of made some initial introductions i think he had everybody stand all the presenters people who had some role in making the conference happen had the group picture and he really wanted to document that and then he moved immediately into the the presentation of the cryptozoologist of the year 
And I was in the room, of course, because I was ready to do my first introduction and was fortunately in a really good vantage point to see Lauren do this introduction. And I was I was at the back of the room like, huh, cryptozoologist of the year. Hmm, I didn't know this was happening. I wonder who it could be. So Lauren goes into, like most award presentations, a description of the person without naming the name. And he starts to make this description of someone who is contributing to collecting the stories that um, are fading away, talking to eyewitnesses who, um, and documenting their cases before they die and pass on. And it just occurred to me about two-thirds of the way through the description that this could actually be Seth that he's talking about. And then, sure enough, he takes out the Golden Yeti, which is the actual statue that is awarded the Cryptozoologist of the Year. And he says the name, Cryptozoologist of the Year for 2017, Seth Breedlove. The room erupts. I get this picture, and I posted on the um, the Sasswat Facebook page, and it should still be pinned to the top, if I'm not mistaken. And you have Linda Godfrey and Stephen Bissett and Seth receiving the Golden Yeti from Lauren Coleman. And it was just a magic moment. And I was, ex- I was stunned. It gets the idea across, but I was more than stunned. I could not believe what just happened i was i had a similar like thought process me being at the back of the room it was like all the young cryptozoologists were staying there and i think thomas the other the other guy there was like is this the golden yeti i was like i don't know i didn't <laughs> even know there's a cryptozoologist of the year at this yeah. thing. and so then it's like it's starting like he's going lauren's going through like the name i'm like i'm looking down the line of guests who's there and i'm like linda godfrey <laughs> yeah. seth and it's like I'm going down I'm like it can't be Seth. Linda Godfrey. I mean it's it's Linda Godfrey. Yeah. And I'm like what? And it's like and it's like Seth Breed. I'm like I know that dude. <laughs> I'm like Seth? And I was like what? And it was it was so good and it's it's like oh my goodness. It's Seth. And yeah. then it's like my mind was like is this what this whole convention is going to be like? Yeah. And it was. It was. It, it really, really was. It really, really was. <laughs> and I love the the photos of Seth just after he had been awarded, and like back at the, his table, and the look on his face is so just happy. like... He was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's priceless. And so here is True Confessions, something that I've never admitted to anyone, even you. And that is... After that, I had to introduce Paul LeBlond, who is really a big deal as far as the International Cryptozoology Society is concerned. He's the president of a former group like that. I think the president of the current group and um, a really intelligent guy, really smart guy. His presentation was called Remembering the International Society of Cryptozoology, but he also got into like science and you know real science and crackpot science but here's the true confession i don't remember a word of that guy's presentation because i was just sitting there trying to process seth was named cryptozoologist of the year 
by Lauren Coleman and the International Cryptozoology Society. So I, I wish I could go back and actually really listen to Paul LeBlanc's presentation because at the time I was posting pictures on Facebook and uh, you know texting people that I knew who would appreciate that. Um, unbelievable I moment. Just, I remember going back to the STM table and being like, what? And like we both were like, what? And then like, I think taking Seth's picture with people is like the next, like people are like, oh, can I have your picture taken with you? I was like, what? And then I just remember like taking pictures of the Golden Yeti a lot. Mm-hmm. And then like, then joking around with Seth about the Golden Yeti, like, because for some reason, like everyone wanted to touch the Golden Yeti. <laughs> and so we were like joking about charging people for it. And that it was just yeah charging for letting people touch it. That's what we were joking about most right. of the day. So, you know, Seth would never admit this, but it was a real celebration and a validation of what he's doing. I mean, to have Lauren Coleman and this Cryptozoology Society say, we appreciate your work so much as to recognize you in this way, uh, just a huge thing. And I know, you know, knowing Seth as we do, that's something he would never dwell on. Or sit back and say, hey, look at me. Mm-hmm. But it, it um, I don't know. I don't know what more could be expressed to let you know that you are, are doing something with a uh, lasting impact. So it is such a cool moment. All right, after Paul LeBlanc, I started to be able to pay attention a little bit better. And the next speaker was Joseph Sarzinski on Lake Monsters and Shipwrecks. And Joseph studied uh, Champ, Lake Champlain monster, for about two decades as a diver. And his presentation was really cool because he, you know, started out talking about Champ, but he also said, you know, we uh, obviously didn't find Champ, but what we did find was a lot of shipwrecks. And in some cases, I think he was talking about Loch Ness, they found a World War II fighter plane in the lake because uh, they were down there searching for Nessie. So it was the, his presentation was this very intriguing talk about how one a search for one thing often becomes discovering something else. And that sort of became a, a sub-theme of the whole conference, which was, you know, this was a very, the presentations were all done on a very high level. You know, and you could tell that there was a real move towards um, a disciplined approach to thinking about these mysteries, which was really great. I really appreciated that. Except that one young cryptozoologist panel. <laughs> no, they you were know. all bad. <laughs> Just kidding. There were lots of people who said that was one of their favorite things, quite honestly. Um, so next up was Craig Woolheater, and listening uh, to him was a lot of fun. Listeners to this show, I- I'm sure, are well aware of who Craig Woolheater is, and he talked about specifically... His 20 years of looking for Bigfoot in Texas, and I believe the Texas Bigfoot Conference just wrapped up this past weekend. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about Craig to me is that he's one of the few researchers and uh, sort of leaders in the field who actually had a sighting of his own. You know, you think of people like Stan Gordon and Lauren Coleman and uh, John Green Renee DeHinden, you know, they never had sightings, but uh, Craig did. And that's really what sort of propelled him into what he continues to do 
today. I remember talking with Craig during the conference. Like, Saturday night, I remember him stopping by, and, like, when me and the other, like, panel members were like, hey, Craig, and he's like, hey, guys, and we, like, talked for a little bit. And I remember, like, after he left, we are all like, what just happened? <laughs> we just had, like, a really, like, funny, joking-around conversation with Craig Woolheater. It was, it was great. It was great. Now, all these guests, as credentialed as they were, are so approachable. So crazy. We are, were those guests, too, is the thing. I know. <laughs> we weren't, like, some some people just showing up to the conference. We were part of those yeah. guests, though. Yes, this is true. Which is actually, that's a perfect segue because um, Lauren very nicely had a sort of a green room, if you will, or just a, a dedicated room for people who are participants and speakers, presenters in the conference where they could just go and sort of chill out and have it be quiet for a while. And it was over that lunch break that Linda Godfrey and I got to sit there and just chit-chat. I mean, you know, in the in the moment, it's just fun to get to know people like that at a personal level, which is usually what I do. You know, in retrospect, I look, I think back and it's like, oh man, I could have asked her about this case or that sighting or, you know, what was it like doing the whole, you know, during the Bray Road uh, sort of explosion. But on the other hand, I'm glad that we just sort of had that time to get to know each other and to talk about everyday stuff. I, I had a lot of fun doing that with Linda. It was that way for me with Steve Bissett. Cause yeah, like, talk about that. We were that. at the way that, like, the way that the. First of all, the explain who he is. So he that... is the artist and he wrote part of that book too, right? Mm-hmm. The author behind the Vermont Monster Guide. Is that the name of it? Yeah, exactly. Which is this really cool Vermont Monsters book. I mean, that sounds like I'm just re-saying the name of the book. But you get what I mean. Like, it's all these, lo- like, local tales and, like, you know, local legends from Vermont. And he also did, um, for you comic fans out there, he did the art for Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Which, if that's blowing your mind right now, it, it didn't really blow my mind until we were just recently in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And we were at a Barnes and Noble, and there was an Alan Moore Swamp Thing, and the art was by Steve Bissett. And I was like, I hung out, I hanged out with that dude. Mm-hmm. Wait, what it would be? Hung out. Hung out. Hung out. I was right. See, I care about these things. I hung out with that dude. And it was, it was if crazy. you hanged out with them, you'd out. probably be executed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, with what happened was in the vendor's room, the one vendor's room, there were two. In the one vendor's room, as you walked in, it was the small town monsters table on one side. Because it's like sort of a long rectangle. And then the next, then there was the door to the green room. And then Steve Bissett's table. Then, what's the guy's name? It did the Ape Canyon stuff. Uh, Robert Damon Schneck. That guy. And then Linda Godfrey. And then there were some other people in the room. And it was really cool because Steve Bissett was right there. And as the day went on, we would just, like, talk. Because there'd be lulls and we'd, like, joke around. And, like, people would say something and then walk away. And, like, we'd chuckle about what that person said. (laughs) And it'd be, like, it'd be those type of things that, like, went on throughout the day that, like, ended with, like, like, because there'd be food in another room. And it'd be, like, does anyone want food? Like, like, there'd be cookies. be Like, anyone want a cookie? I'd be, like, yeah. And, like, you'd 
like bring you a cookie and it's just like I don't know it was like it's hard to describe like it was just like a nat I don't know I don't want to say it was natural but like just like you were talking about with Linda Godfrey it's just like a normal interaction with somebody in like an unusual setting and just like joking around throughout the day about the golden yeti which we did pretty much all day just like I mean it was just crazy and Steve Bissett has like a, a comic school doesn't he in Vermont he teaches classes I think he's teached classes yeah Taught. Taught, teached. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been a long day. I know. Um, Golfing is hard. <laughs> so I just, could you imagine having a class with him? Like, it'd be it'd hilarious. Be so cool. He's so, such a nice and funny guy. Yeah. It's like, with all, like, how mature and depressing Swamp Thing is, you'd never guess. This guy is so hilarious. So nice. So that, um,. The af- right after, no, right before lunch, I guess it was Linda Godfrey, and she did something really cool. She presented a license plate from her car that I think was Bray Beast. You know, it sort of condensed down to fit on the the Wisconsin license plate, and that's going to be displayed in the uh, museum from now on. And then she gave her talk on a dogman of the Upper Midwest, but it really was a retrospective of. Bray Road and how that whole case broke, which sent me back to the book, and I'm rereading it for who knows how many, what time it is, and it's just so awesome. I I almost think of Linda as the accidental cryptozoologist because she never started out to do this. You know, it the whole case fell in her lap because she was writing for. You know this uh, newspaper in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, and just one thing led to another as she pursued a few crazy, what she thought were crazy stories, and now she's considered almost certainly like the dogman expert of North America. I mean, it seems like everything runs through her, but then she's just super approachable and kind. And like her book. Like, the Beast of Bray Road book is such a funny book. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, like, what's in it's funny, but the way she writes is hilarious. I mean, she's, she almost, well, it's not almost. Sometimes she, like, almost riffs, like, what she said before. Like, mm-hmm. she she doesn't make fun of it, but it's like, she pokes fun at it. And, like, sees the humor in some of these situations with the fact, like, this one town and the surrounding area was obsessed over a werewolf in the 1990s. And, like, I, I read the book on the way I got it at from her and at the International Cryptozoology Conference. And I read it on our way to another vacation since we've been so busy. And I still need to finish it, but it's so good. It's so good. I mean, if you can get your hands on this book, read it. I mean, even if you're not into that thing, it's just a good book. Yeah, it's such a great document, not only of obviously weird cases... But how um, sightings and reports of these sightings um, became a phenomena in this location. And at a very specific time, almost pre-internet. So, like, you know, this is, internet is just starting to be a thing. But the way that this story spread was more through newspapers and associated press and then TV shows getting involved, wanting to call her. Hearing things at the mall. Hearing things at the mall, you know, 
people just stopping you and saying, hey, did you hear about that dog, man? Knowing Wisconsin, that might have happened. <laughs> I bet it did. So that was cool. And then at 1 o'clock, the moment that everyone was waiting for... Lunch. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that was <laughs> noon. Sorry. <laughs> it was the Young Cryptozoologist panel featuring our very own Andy Matsky. So I was uh, looking forward to lunch. Describe what that was like so, for you. That was lots of fun. My first of all, if you're listening right now, I'd like to thank my fellow panel people. Panel what would yes. be like panelists. panelists. That's the word I'm looking for. Long day of golfing. <laughs> fellow panelists. It was so much fun and thank you so much for letting me ramble as much as I did. And I it was so much fun to be up there because it was like this crazy feeling when I was when I was up there that Lauren Coleman was listening to a presentation that I was giving because the real the coolest part of it all was <laughs> that, looking over and seeing you and Lauren Coleman sitting together like smiling like Lauren whispering something in your ear and like you chuckling <laughs> it was like the it was like this is the best this yep. is and like it was so much fun. I I do it again anytime, anywhere. It was just so much fun. What was it like to take questions from the crowd? It's terrifying. <laughs> I having past experience with Q and A's going like really weird, <laughs> yes. and like def- asking you your life questions. How do you like ro- like what's your philosophies and like stuff like yeah. that? I was scared to death, but I want I wanted that. I knew I knew it'd be lots of fun to be in the. As terrifying as it is, it's a really fun position to be in. And we really didn't get any, I don't want to say dumb questions, that's insulting the people who asked them, but we didn't get any bad questions. Mm-hmm. They're all great questions. They're all questions that went from simple to like, what do you th- what do you think, I'm still so thankful to the person who asked this, but what do you think of Bigfoot and UFOs together when they overlap? <laughs> I just wanted to be like, Thank you. For, I, I think I after the panel, I did thank the guy personally. Like, thank you so much for asking that question, because mm-hmm. it was like right up like all of our wheelhouses. Like, we all like that slightly weird edge. I love the full on weird stuff, and it was so it was so much fun because like Invasion was fresh in my mind. Seeing the movie, it was so so much fun. You guys did a great job, and at the end, Lauren Coleman had something for each of the panelists correct yeah it was a little golden dinosaur and like it was hollowed out at the top so you like his whole the whole idea was that like the future goes inside of it and i was like wow this is really cool lauren coleman just gave me a little dinosaur that i will now treasure forever and it was just like i can't there's a feeling when you're giving a presentation and you really don't know who's listening but when you know who's there and, like, who's listening in on it? It was crazy. It was just so much fun to, like, I can't even describe it. It's, like, the best having to talk in front of people ever that will ever happen to me, probably. And he was so thoughtful with you guys in particular, I thought. He was intentionally really encouraging to the four of you. Here's the, here's the hilarious part. He let us do whatever we wanted. It's Lauren didn't tell us to do anything. He was like, well, I was thinking you guys could talk about yourself a little and then, like, do whatever you want. <laughs> and we're like, what? 
and he let us do what we wanted mm-hmm. to talk about. And he he left it open. We we're like, can we do a Q&A? Because we all thought that was a good idea. He's like, yeah, but just don't. Like, he's like, the whole rule of thumb with the conference was just don't have any stories. And it was just. Oh, right. Don't have a turn into don't, don't people. Have a, don't, no town hall meetings. It's not a but, town hall meeting. Exactly. But it was just. It was. It's so unbelievable. Like, to. It's so hard to describe because it was so much fun. I was I was sad when it was over, but at the same time I was like, "Oh, it's over. I can, I can relax." <laughs> Do you want to talk about what else he gave you? What else? Since we're he... talking about Lauren, giving you things. Oh, Lauren Coleman. I forget when in the day this was, but at one point Lauren comes up to me, and he clearly has something behind his back. <laughs> Like, you know, when people are holding stuff behind their back, you can tell. And I was like, what did I do this time? Because, like, you know, I I joked around with Lauren all day, and he joked around with us. It was so great. But, like, he came, and he told me, he's like, I've been meaning to give this to you for a year and a half. And I was like, my brain was like, year and a half. What's that? <laughs> That's Minerva Monster Day. What did we talk about Minerva Monster Day? And before, like, my, my brain could put together, he hands me this... How tall did you say it is? Like 16 inch? Yeah. 16 inch Godzilla figure from, like, it's like one of those old, like, early American figures. It's like, what? And, like, he hands it to me and he's like, here. And I'm like, what? And, like, he gives me this Godzilla and, like, his wife was there and, like, took a picture of us. And that's, like, the background. That's my phone's wallpaper, by the way. (laughs) And, like, I had, like, this huge smile on my face. I was like, thank you. I was like, I just. And the thing is, that's the coolest, like, besides the fact Lauren Coleman gave me a Godzilla, the coolest fact about that is that was from the museum's collection. Like, Lauren's, that was from Lauren's collection. And I was like, wow. And so, like, I just was happy with it all day. I mean, it's like, take the bar and raise it for this day. <laughs> exactly. All right. I so, can't. yeah, after that, it was Robert Damon Schneck. And I'm not going to say a whole lot about his presentation, not because it wasn't good. It was fabulous. But I want you to get his book. Um, It's called Mrs. Wakeman versus the Antichrist and Other Strange but True Tales from American History. And in this book, there are just crazy wild tales from the past, especially and including the true story of Ape Canyon and the entire story of Fred Beck's spiritualist past, which we have touched on on the show before, but not to the degree or the depth with which Robert did it. So I am not going to spoil it for you. You need to find the book on Amazon or some other reputable seller. If your library has it? Yeah. Cleveland uh, Cleveland Public Library System has at least one copy. Hug your I, local librarian if you have it. Yeah. But it that was spectacular. And at this point I was I was just so happy because of the quality of the presentations that I was getting to hear. It was just so cool. After the break it, it may have been that break that you got Godzilla from Lauren Coleman. Um was Bruce Champagne and he did a thing on sea serpent types and introduction. And I didn't know what to expect with this, but it ended up being super cool where he'd had, uh, you know, everybody had really good PowerPoint presentations, but he had illustrated eight different sea serpent types. 
and how, you know, various criteria that they had set up then allowed him to group certain uh, reports into these various um, types. And it was really cool to see the variation of it because you had everything from your classic uh, pleosaur to like walrus creatures and uh, basically big caterpillars in the water. It was really fascinating. It was so cool. I'm trying to think. I think during that um, presentation, Alexander Patikoff was there yes. most of the day. And I think it was during that presentation that he we talked about something, the fact that Champ was like a turtle thing. I wish I could remember more, but it was really funny because we laughed about it because there was mm-hmm. a website and it was like almost literally like www.champisaplesioturtle, <laughs> something like that. Okay. He's like, have you heard about that? And we're like, me and Seth are like, no. And like he pulled it up on his phone. It's like a real website. And I, I forget what it was called, but it was so good. Yeah, it was so, it was great that Alex was mm-hmm. there. I was so happy to see him. And also I want to say um, hello to Abe and Melissa. Melissa does the Swinkies, um, little characters, and uh, her Lauren Coleman with Bigfoot Swinky is on display in the International Cryptozoology Museum. It's really cool. It's really great that they were there too. Next up was Stephen Bissett, who we've talked about before. His presentation was so good. It was hilarious, as you would expect it to be, and just tons of his own illustrations that he's done, you know, and from the Vermont Monster Guide. And what was so fascinating from an artistic standpoint is he sort of talked through the process of hearing these stories for the first time, drawing sort of a mock-up of what he had in mind, and then he would show it to Joseph Citro, who is his co-author, and he would sort of give him some direction on which way to go. But it was just such a cool behind-the-scenes sort of presentation where you really saw a creative mind at work. I just remember, like, I don't think I was in on his presentation, but I remember hearing it because they could, they pumped it through where the vendor tables were. And I remember him being like, because there's like a story about a bear. And he's like, I based it off an old drawing of a bear from like the 1600s, which was back when like they really didn't know what bears look like. (laughs) And it's like, this is kind of a bear. (laughs) And like, I remember just like being like, this is hilarious. Just listening to him talk was great. Yeah. Yeah, he was fantastic. And then it was, there was, oh, the auction. It was just a silent auction, which was cool. There really weren't. And, uh, yeah, and uh, we walked away with the uh, banner for the conference signed by all the guests. And Stephen Bissett drew this awesome little um, sea serpent coming out of the water. All the guests, including us. Yeah, we My signature's on there. I should have drawn something knowing I was the one gay. We would have gotten it. When we when we finally put that up, I'm gonna white out my own signature. It's Mark Mansky. It's like right bottom center. Yeah. Um, and we also got Jenny Coleman's Kappa painting, which is in our bathroom for some reason. <laughs> First time I saw it up there, well, I was like, a, oh, a Kappa is a water creature. It just it fits. Suggests it, itself. In our it. house, it fits. Any other house, a drawing of a Kappa on a beach would be weird, but <laughs> our house, it's just our it's, house. It just makes you smile. I love looking at that painting. It's a happy Kappa, which there always should be a happy Kappa. Happy Kappa. 
And then the the night sort of wrapped up with the showing of Mothman of Point Pleasant, which again I, I can never say enough. It's so fun to watch these movies with the group, and uh, we had you, you hear people go like, "Oh," or like, "Wow," and you're like, "Cause you're laughing, cause like you you know you're a part of it in a way." Yeah. It's such a weird feeling. Were you sitting by me for the yeah. screening? Okay. Do you? I don't. I don't want to say too much, but there were people sitting near us, and it was so entertaining to watch them watch the movie because with every somewhat scary moment, they would sort of look over at each other like, "Oh," <laughs> and you could see the tension mounting throughout their viewing of the film. It was awesome. I forgot I associate produced that movie until the, I saw my <laughs> yeah. name in the credits. Be like, "Oh yeah, I I, I worked on this too." <laughs> Along that's how Lauren busy Palmer. you are. That's, you how, that's how busy my life is with stewardship videos. <laughs> just just don't worry about that. Oh, my goodness. So, International Cryptozoology Conference, Any, what is your takeaway points from that experience? Ah, <laughs> with like 100 A's. And my, my mind was blown constantly. And it was just, it's so much fun. It was so much fun. It's so much fun to look back on it. And it's just, I will, if I'm having a bad day, I think back to that day and I just, I am so happy. Because, like, there's so many things I can look back on and be like, just like be with myself, be like, remember this at International Cryptozoology Conference and then just be happy. Because, I mean, there is so much funny stuff going on. Like, it there wasn't, we took our, it's like everyone was taking the research seriously and taking the idea of everything seriously, yet not being too serious. And that's, that's what you need to be. And I was just, I was so happy. Yeah. For me, it was like a day long adrenaline rush, like all day. It was crazy. Where you walked in with coffee once. Yeah. I'm like, why do you have coffee? And you're like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I may have been trying to, like, um, do an antidote type thing where I'm thinking maybe it would calm me down, but it didn't. But the other thing on a more serious note is that it sort of reawakened in me the true um, cryptozoological side of this interest. And what I mean by that is there really are undiscovered animals that are turning up and being identified and or... Things that we think are extinct really aren't, or they appear in a slightly different form. And that that became obvious to me in sort of a fresh way. And I really enjoyed that part of it. I, it was like, you know, we've spent so much time in sort of the speculation and super weird areas of this interest that you sometimes forget that, you know, yeah, they're, they're discovering like a new mouse or um, different insects or birds that they thought were extinct are being rediscovered and that is such a amazing cool part of this interest as well and just the the high level of the discourse and like you said the camaraderie and the the fun that everybody was able to have with each other was really um there's nothing else like it i think that we've ever done um so i would like to just say thank you to lauren and jenny and gene at uh, the museum and she was around to help 
and Jeff Muse. Everyone was so nice and accommodating to us, and uh, just so much appreciate that opportunity to hopefully advance uh, the cause and the the mission of the ICM. Great, great day. If you would like to contact us or find out what we're doing, we're going to start pushing the old social media rock up the hill once again. Um, Andy, where would people go to touch base with the Sasswood guys? We are on Facebook. Um, look us up on Facebook, just Sasswood. And um, we're also on Twitter, at Sasswood Show. And you can also email us at sasswhatmail at gmail.com. And I'm very happy I remembered all that because as you started to lead me into our normal, Andy, what's, where can people find us? I was like, I haven't said this in a month. <laughs> and I started to freak out, but I remembered everything. I think. <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay, we're good. Well done. So, for the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine, Lauren and Jenny Coleman, Jeff, Gene, Seth, Adrian and Tommy. Oh, Tom. This is Mark and Andy Matsky saying, have a good night now. Sasswhat is a Small Town Monsters production. Ah! I don't know what that was. Andy. Portland, Maine. I want to go back so bad. <laughs> Edit all this out. Moxie. <gasps> Stop.